Welcome to the Silent Elephant Project podcast, where we have conversations with everyday people living with life-limiting health conditions. We are not claiming to be specialists, but we are offering a therapeutic space to build dialogue around marginalised health themes, giving you the opportunity to listen in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, my name is Kundwani, and I welcome you to today's conversation on mental health. In light of Mental Health Awareness Week, Myself and Nathaniel were invited to join his home here in Manchester for a podcast conversation on men's mental health. I discussed with Johnny about his life and work in the community, the impact of mental health, and the need for support. And just a warning, we also talk about other sensitive issues including suicide and loneliness. Hope you find this episode helpful and hope you enjoy and find the conversation insightful as well. Thank you for listening. Hello, my name is Johnny Biggs. I'm, I'm a, a youth worker working in Charlestown. Uh, I'm 45 years old. Um, I've been a youth worker for since, well, since I was a boy really, eight years old. I used to go to the club and now I'm 45, still working there, and I love every bit of it. Wow, that's amazing. Sounds like your life is already full of fun. It is, yeah. It's what keeps me going, and, and like I was speaking to you the other day, it's um, the club that's kept me going, really, um, through the bad times. And and if I could give a lesson to anybody out there, um, it would be find something that you enjoy doing in the community, putting something back, Keeping kids off the streets is a great way of doing it, and it's knowing that you're keeping 40 kids on the off the streets, away from the older kids and adults, is is a great feeling, and that's why I do what I do. Wow. So, in terms of your own personal life, I'm very curious. What are your hobbies then? If you're already doing so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it, well, my hobbies is um, photographer. I love photographer. I'm speaking to Nathan. I, I love editing as well as Nathan, um, and We've got a local park called Bogato Clough and I normally we had a paper called The Express and now it, it, it's the, it was the advertiser and you used to be able to send pictures in of, of shots that you used to take and they used to print them and so I was in the paper all the time so, and it was the good stories as well, positive stories on the youth club which I'll show you later um, and it was in the paper all the time and it, it was great that the stuff that you took in the park, a picture, um, would end up in the newspaper and it was just, it's just a great buzz. Um, I've got a 10 year old son, uh, Quinn he's called, um, and it's, it's just amazing to have him in, in my life as well as the youth club. And it's, it's a good balance, really, yeah. I like that and I'm sure the joy it brings you just having a little boy and just seeing that smile in itself. It yeah, and he, he lives a long way. He, he lives in Cheshire, so um, I see him once a month and um, he also comes to juniors at the youth club, so it brings him down to earth. Coming from Cheshire, with a lot of posh kids, and coming down to North Manchester, it sort of levels him out. <laughs> so he's like keeps him like level-headed. So it's it's great that he he's got the two Cheshire and he's got Manchester as well. So he should be proud of both areas. That sounds brilliant. And I think above everything else, I think it's um, it's great that you know you still allow him to have that experience. But 
you know, more than anything else, before we get into the nitty gritty as well about other things we're going to talk about, I'm curious to find out how did you make your home so cozy? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to start off, I, I love the 80s stuff, and, and you can, I've just said my age 45, so I'm not even giving anything away. So um, <laughs> you, you just got to make things um, of what you enjoy. And I, I love the 80s, so like the labyrinth and different kinds of things, the Karate Kid. So everyone wants to be brought back to the childhood. Um, the Outrun Machine I was just telling you about, you know, you got that nostalgia. So you just make the house as, as the things that you love in it. So, and then hope that visitors like it. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's truly a home because I can feel that already. Definitely. Um, so going to the theme of this podcast, um, what does mental health mean to you? Um, before I went through issues myself, um, I didn't think of things like that because um, it was just a. It wasn't in the eighties where I grew up. It was not a manly thing to to say about issues that you was going through. You just lost up. Oh, get on with it, you know. Um, and as I've got older, it's I've learned that it's better to talk about issues rather than. Um, just you know, expecting help and stuff like that. It's um, so as I've got older, it's it's good to talk about different issues, which I've I've learned. Yeah, and I was looking at the statistics, and it says you know mental health problems are common, with one in six adults reporting of common mental health disorders. I mean, yeah. Well, I went through a lot of issues with getting access to my son, so I've been through the court system uh, trying to get access to him. Um, and I went through issues where I felt suicidal because I, at the time when you go through these things, you think short term, you don't think of long term things. So I went to my doctors and they said, I filled the form out to say what I was feeling like. And they said, there's 18 weeks, you've got to wait. So there's a waiting list of 18 weeks. I said, by that time, I could have done anything. You know, anything could have happened to me. I felt low at the time. Um, so I had to really sort things out myself because I felt that the professional help wasn't, um, which I think it should be more easier to get access to, which I, the experience I went through, it was so difficult to get any, anywhere. And by that 18 weeks, who knows what, where my head could have, you know? So I, I ended up, doing it myself and relying on other people like my dad you know has been really good support and obviously my son but when you're going through a court situation where you've got to prove everything as you know a fella um, you think short term when you're going through that situation when you get solicitors and stuff trying to make a bit of money and um, your head can't think long term you're just in that zone so um, at that time I wanted that help I, don't, I didn't feel like I, I had it from the professional doctor's sort of point of view. So I had to just do it myself, really, and thank God for my son and thank God for um, the youth club, which kept me going. Yeah, because I was going to ask, you know, um, how and what do you do to manage your mental health? Um, I found a way of, um, in the community, doing positive work. Um, I know I'm welling up a bit of it, so thinking about it, so sorry about that. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I just think it's um, you, you, 
if the if you do positive work in your community and it frees your time, it's so you've not got loads of time to think about them issues that are getting you down. So you keep busy, like keeping kids off the streets, um, doing the gardening, just simple things like going in the allotments and doing a bit of gardening. It's just something to take you away from the thoughts that you, you you're having, and and that would take me away from the thoughts I was having. Um, I mean, I didn't get the help I should have got, but I did it my own way and I got through it. Um, took a bit of time. Um, luckily, I had a judge that, that helped me and, and was really good that day. Um, so I do get to see my son regular. So thank God that he gave me that chance to be a father. Yeah, I mean, that's truly inspirational. The fact that you use your time by serving others and you know working with young people as well that's that to me you know it gives so much hope to the future generation because if yeah. if a young person can see an adult giving them time sharing their life pretty much yeah. and helping yeah. them through their growth yeah. i feel like you know there's so much sense of um appreciation yeah. and not only yeah. that but then there's that added value that social value that i think sometimes it's easy to forget that we all need yeah yeah you know, in the um, community and years you know, ago it used to be great and a, a great thing to do was to volunteer and and it was a popular thing now it seems to like it's a bit waning down i don't know the reasons why that is um but to me it's it's an amazing thing to do in your life to keep things positive and you're doing stuff and and the thing that we need to have is is young people doing stuff like me and my dad did because we aren't going to be here forever it needs these young people young children that are coming up with we have young volunteers we have about eight to ten young volunteers 13 14 15 these kids need to take our mantle and hopefully we can inspire them to to do what we do i'm not saying they're going to do everything what i did do things your way you know do things a, a new way you know do the same sort of thing serving the community and putting something back to the community you know is an amazing thing that i've done and hopefully it'll get passed down like like you know you pass it down to your son and your daughter you know hopefully we, I, we are passing things down to the community to carry on you know and that's why we got the 25 year lease and hopefully we, it'll be a, continue as a youth club for 25 years. So the council have been good enough to give us a 25 years. Brilliant. I know we're going to touch on more about yeah. the the community centre itself because I mean it's amazing work you do there and uh, the audience. Trust me, you you need to see the place. But not only that, you're going to hear all about it. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, I'm curious to find out from you. You know, when it comes to men specifically, you know, why do you think it's important to talk about men's mental health? I think back in the day, um, it was seen as um, embarrassing to, to talk about the issues. But I, what I've found, if you keep it all in, it gets you tight, it gets you taut. You've got nowhere to, you need that release. Even if it is talking to somebody, if it's talking to your dad, if you can't talk to your dad, someone's a stranger like yourself, you just talk to somebody. Because if you don't, it eats away at and and. And now, today, more than any any other day, it, it's it's a lot easier to come out and talk t about your issues because I've found it a little bit easier than I did in the 80s 
or, or when I went through struggles in the past to come out and say like I mean Tyson Fury is perfect example oh yes you know he mm. spoke about mental health issues and it was so good hearing such a macho guy talking about issues that you don't you don't normally hear men talking about stuff like that and it, it was so inspiring to hear him he's got all the money he's got all the fame but that didn't matter nothing to him you know his mental health and speaking about it sort of that would have reverberated round the world yeah if he can talk about it i can talk about it so hopefully by me talking about it hopefully i can do a tyson fury and other people will start talking about it and i think that's the only way to help yourself pick yourself up is to talk about it absolutely no yeah. um i remember one time um of course for the audience in the room there's nathan or nathaniel um as john would have mentioned earlier but um, I recorded a podcast with uh, Nathaniel and we're reflecting on um, suicide in Maine, to be very specific. But anyway, we also touched on the fact that, you know, why is it that we've grown up thinking it's okay to keep things in? Yeah. And then we're reflecting of how things back in the day, I'm, I'm saying back in the day for my own age, I mean, I guess I'm going to give it away as well. Am I turning 34, 35? I get confused. You're but, still a young pup, yeah. <laughs> I'm still young, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, why is it that, you know, that was just the norm? And then obviously, when you pay attention to the media, especially back then, um, you begin to notice these two, those trends. Now, in the modern days, it's beginning to shift. And I like the fact that you talked about Tyson Fury. I remember when I heard him speak out about it. Yeah. I was caught off guard. But yeah. then, the more I reflected, I realized, actually, yeah, you know, it's it's not a woman thing. It's, you know, it's okay to be emotional and all those things which, you know, you grow up thinking you can't be emotional, you can't say this, you can't say that. But actually, the more you speak about it, now, different people, different ways of going about things, but the, yeah. the key thing, I believe, I guess, uh, you can add to it is the fact that, you know, you at least speak to somebody. Yeah. And if you, obviously, the, the, the professional needs to help more. I think they, they need to make it easier for men to, to get that help early. Because if you've got to wait 18 weeks, like they said to me, that could be the difference between someone taking the life, own life, and getting help. So I think as soon as a man comes into a doctor for help, you need to help him straight away. 18 weeks, that's, that's too long to wait to, yeah. to help somebody. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know whether it's funding or, or lack of knowledge in helping i don't whether the professionals are out there and they just they, there's not enough people out there to do it i don't know it's probably above my pay grade to answer that question but um i think if i was private and <laughs> had a bit of money I'd, I'd be in there next week but because i'm working class and you know maybe i don't know whether that goes against your maybe no, the reason, obviously, I was just curious to find out why you think that is. It's, be it's the fact that um, I've got another statistic here, but more than anything else, it says that, you know, people with physical health problems, especially long-term conditions, which I personally do have, I have suffered from ME, uh, also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, I especially to, are especially at risk, rather, of poor mental health, uh, particularly depression and anxiety. And around 30% of people with any long-term physical health condition also have a mental health problem. Now, yeah. to me, that's already giving me warning signs of how, you know, the problem can continue getting worse 
and more negative impact on one's life experience can be. And so when I think of the time frame, you know. Well, now you've said that, and we, we've got a friend um, who's got Emmy and Jimmy is, is my stepmom used to play darts with Sonia, his wife, and it, he's got Emmy and he's suffering at the moment. And Sonia has to cope on her own. She doesn't get any respite or anything like that. And I think the forgotten people are the people that look after the people with Emmy or like my dad's doing at the moment because my stepmom had a major stroke. It's them people that need the support and the support isn't out there. And I, I feel that more support should be out there for the surrounding people that are looking after the people, you know, with the conditions. Absolutely. And um, honestly, I don't know what it is, but like how we talked about, maybe is it the funding or just the, uh, you know, health provisions in terms of mental health support? Um, I hope it improves pretty much because we all need a level of access at some point, that's for sure. Well, my mum's uh, Danish and um, my two brothers uh, live over there and they pay 40% tax, but that gets reinvested in, in the health, uh, kids' playground and stuff like that. So it all gets reinvested, but it's different. It's, it depends on what postcode you're in. If mm. you're in a, a posh postcode in the countryside, they'll get a lot more money. If you're in a working class area like that we are, um, you get a lot less money. So maybe that needs to be evened out. Doesn't matter if, you, if you're in a posh area, why should you get more money than from what a working class person, uh, not saying all posh areas are, and countrysides are all posh, but you, you know, we, we should get the level of funding like anybody else in the UK. You know, why are we treated any differently? Because people are suffering, you know, and we should look after everyone and not the few. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. And yeah, it's a huge point of reflection, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, this is now me tapping back into the community center, yeah. the, the one you run, you know, um, what's your why behind the White Moss Club for young people and community center? Why do we do it? Yes. Right. Well, it's a family thing. I probably didn't have a, a choice in the matter. Because <laughs> 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 my dad did it. He, 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 before it was White Moss Youth Club, it was over the road in 1956. And it was, it was the Green Tin Hut. And it was a youth club there. And then the founders of the youth club, Mr and Mrs Elliot, who li lived down the road at the time, um, they wanted a youth club for the children to go to. So... Really, the founders, Mr and Mrs Elliot, Jim and Ethel, are the ones that have inspired me and my dad. So people look at what they've done and think, wow, they've set everything aside, the jobs and whatnot, to, to put things back into the community. And, and, and then other people see, wow, that's so special to do that. Um, they didn't have to do that. And, and they've just done it. And that's what me and my dad's do, doing now. And... It's just an amazing feeling. I mean, when we started the youth, well, I, I was a kid when I went there, but when my dad started there, he was the youngest person, the leader in charge at the time in the Northwest that was given that responsibility of leader of the youth club. So, um, yeah, and he's run it ever since. And now, unfortunately, with what happened to my stepmom, Mural, having a major stroke, I've gone full time. I'm taking th that leadership role on, on what my dad used to do. Hopefully with the 25-year lease that we've got, um, that 
there's a rosy future for the club and but like I said it needs younger people to, to come forward and do what what these old sort of generations used to do and hopefully it'll, it will continue you know wow and by the way huge huge congratulations on the on the lease yeah um, that's I, a, I feel a like, major yeah, thing yeah and I feel like the work that you're doing um, definitely needs to continue and serving the community which takes me to the next question which I had in mind and I'm glad you've already touched on it which is how does the community center play its role towards the mental well-being of the residents here in Charlestown and the wider community wow it's just I think every community needs a, a youth club or not just a youth club it's a community center which is for older and for younger people we had we have uh, we used to do a luncheon club for the over 50s there's the ladies netball that use it every week the over 50s netball so it's for their mental health it's getting them out out of the houses after covid all all the it's difficult to because they've been frightened to, to keep in the house and it's just getting that rolling in getting people back to normal and out again and it's so, such it sounds simple me saying that but after covid everyone is just on another level and and been frightened especially me and you could have friends to rely on but the over 50s and 60s 70s they haven't got friends to rely on so it's it's just an amazing thing the youth club and and it it keeps crime down. Uh, we've got 40 kids that could be on the streets tearing the place down. Um, and, and they're in the club in a safe place. The parents know they're in a safe place for a couple of hours. Yeah, we might be glorified babysitters, but to me, <laughs> I like it, that. It's, it's some people say or maybe think that, but to me, it, as long as we're keeping them kids off them streets, away from the teenagers away not all teenagers but the, the, the bad teenagers are just need a bit of redirection um, and there's other things going on at the youth club and for, for the mental health look, we do the gardening uh, the cooking the, the luncheon club um, and it's got to be a positive bonus for the area and if there wasn't the youth club it, the community would be a poorer place let me tell you yeah that's powerful. And that's not just here, Charles Down. It's I would say that would be anywhere. Yeah, youth clubs aren't going to get all teenagers to to come to a youth club. Some some teenagers, it's just not for them youth clubs. And with the experience that we've had, you can only help the ones that want to be helped, uh, and you can only guide people, uh, be a positive role model. And if we can do that, then we're, we're doing something right in the community. That's it, that's it, well said. And you know what? This is one of my favorite questions. What would you say to your younger self? Um, I'd probably say, do the same, Johnny. I would say that to my son, but obviously he wants to do something else, so <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> listen. He wants to do something else, so I would never uh, tell Quinn, you've got to be a youth worker, you've got to do this. It's got to be his decision, but I would tell my younger self, do the same thing, Johnny. But get more help with professional help out there, you know. Whether it's like you said, whether it changes in the years, I, I hope so, because then mental health issues are going to be out there, you know, whether you're young, old, or, you know, and they, they need that support. Early support is important. So, yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that um, earlier you've been touched on. Uh, loneliness pretty much 
and that that's another key factor or added negative impact of um get a dog health. i've had always had a dog yeah. and that does really help your loneliness because the dog is like you can go out with the dog get your fresh air and and they're always uh you know they're always there aren't they so um i don't know but is there anything else you want to share or you want someone to take away from today's conversation no i just um thank you for for letting me chat about my issues and and hopefully me talking will i'll i'll do a tyson fury and and not knock anyone out but you know hopefully i can help others you know if if they're going through issues where they can't speak to anybody hopefully me talking would maybe help somebody else talk where they wouldn't have talked in in, in the past so positive podcast thank you very much thanks to johnny for his time and being able to share about his life and what working in the community looks like in charleston where he resides mental health and well-being is very important to each and every one of us and for me personally from the conversation and getting to meet johnny and the previous conversation we've had in the past i've always find it very interesting to see how resilient people can be and more than anything else, how we always try to find ways to cope in our day-to-day lives. And last but not least, let us not forget to reflect and always seek support for the help that we need and also be able to speak to those around us. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. My name is Gondwani and I was your host. Have a good day ahead of you.